Good morning, good afternoon. This is Chris out in the balcony with construction across the road. Sorry for the background noise if it disrupts your listening. But uh, anyway, I'll do my very best to overcome overcome those things. Let's talk a little bit about the topic of target practice. So target practice, what does it mean? What does target practice actually mean? Well, the more succinct you are about the thing you want to manifest, the more likely it is you'll hit the red, the red dot in the middle of the target. But while you operate generically, it's like, oh, I, I just want to be, I want to have a house. And you don't say where and when and how big and what size and what shape and all this thing. The mind doesn't get a picture of it. The likelihood of it manifesting in the form that you subconsciously want it in is zero. Target practice really requires that you visualize the target before you shoot. My close friend Dita, who was who is the Olymp Australian Olympic uh, target shooting uh, psychologist, teaches people how to shoot arrows and bullets and things through targets with. 99.9999999% accuracy. And Dieter always talks about the ability to visualize before you open your eyes the target and the bullet or the arrow landing in the perfect spot. And he said, unless you do that, the, eye, the senses are going to engage in duality and they're going to pull you or push you. If you fear missing, you'll go to the right. If you fear uh, going to the right, you'll go to the left. And you overshoot and undershoot. And so he says the ability to, to visualize the thing you want to achieve is the core skill of manifestation of the outcome of hitting the target. And I, I collaborate with him uh, on this and, and most other things we talk about. He was the coach of most I think the Australian tennis uh, uh, Davis Cup team a psychological coach um, and is a, an absolute exceptional human being in in terms of his knowledge of the psychology he lectures at Sydney Uni while he has his business uh, doing other things so Dieter is uh, uh, in when it comes to the psychology of, of sport uh, one of the greats of the world and Dieter talks about target practice and hitting the target in the center requires that you visualize that target in the center in extraordinary detail. So you're not just talking about a round dot on a wall with a whole lot of round circles around it. What To visualize the red center of the center of the red dot in the middle, you need to bring it right up close and see molecularly what's in that red dot. So the red dot might be uh, 10 centimeters diameter, when it, and when it's way out, one kilometer away, it might end up being one millimeter diameter, or even less. But when you visualize that target, and when you visualize that center, and when you visualize that red thing, your eyes go in and in, and now you're starting to see the material that it's been uh, drawn on. You're starting to see the micro, micro analysis of the material it's been drawn on. You're starting to see the molecular structure of the material it's been drawn on. And so actually you go deeper and deeper and deeper in, in insight into the red dot target. And this is not dissimilar 
to manifestation in the material world, the world that I exist in, uh, in manifestation. That someone says to me, I want to have a job and I'd like to get paid a lot. And I go, well, you know, is it working for the devil? Uh, uh, and, and what do you wear to work every day and where do you live and do you travel a lot and are you away and what are the people like that you work with and what looks what's the view outside your window what are the clients like and what are they families like and how much communication do you get with them and how isolated and how many hours a day did you work and how much hammer and after a very short period of time most people's visualization that they want to manifest starts to fail because they just haven't spent the time to visualize in enough micro detail to describe to themselves, let alone the universe, how they want to reshape the energy that's coming from the universe through them and out into manifestation. They haven't even uh, 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 given enough detailed thought to what, it want, what they want it to look like. And I think that's because we fear it. We fear being too detailed just in case. We fear being detailed just in case another opportunity comes along which is similar to what we want but we take so we can take it so we fear being too detailed because it's it feels a little bit like putting ourselves on a tightrope rather than on a plank and saying look if i don't visualize this i can i can you know the broader there's a broader plank to walk on there's a broader scope of how this thing can manifest for me but that actually dilutes the possibility of it happening. So I get the idea that people would say, I don't want to write a goal. I don't want to visualize my outcomes. I want to keep them generic. Whether I work for this firm or that firm, whether I'm in Sydney or in Hong Kong, I don't really care as long as I manifest the million dollars I want. And I go, okay, well, that's really good. But the probability of manifesting a million dollars or the billion dollars that you want is just reduced because you can't actually describe in acute finite detail the image of what it looks like. I was in New York. I was on the eighth floor of 555 Fifth Avenue, my office. We had 35 people in the staff and we had an open plan office except Virginia and my offices with the two glass glass screened offices in in the open corner of the building. My office was the corner building. I looked out of my office straight down Fifth Avenue toward uh, the World Trade Center, toward Soho, toward the village toward everywhere that I loved about New York. I could see the Hudson. I could see some of the bridges. I certainly could see the Empire State, uh, the um, Statue of Liberty. It's a beautiful office, magnificent place. And it wasn't so high that I felt dis disconnected from the ground, but I wouldn't certainly have survived jumping out the window. And one day when I was sitting in my office, I had uh, two very heavy bags uh, in the office packed. I was wearing my Armani suit. I had my new Nikon camera sitting on the side bench, uh, the windowsill. I was looking out and I was talking on the phone to a friend of mine who was in uh, Byron Bay. 
who was coming on the, the trek that I was about to go on in Nepal, climbing uh, back up into the Himalayas again. And she was bringing a friend. And we were chatting away and she'd been responsible for the book launch of Inner Wealth and had helped me greatly with it. We're chatting away lightly and I, then I, while I was talking to her, I went, oh shit. And I looked up and I saw the belly of an aeroplane above my head. And I could have reached up and touched it. I, could, I, could, I can tell you now, I could have counted the rivets in the wings, underneath the wings in the fuselage. It was just above my head. Then I watched this aeroplane swinging side to side, side to side, swaying in the thing. And I said, oh shit, that plane's going to crash. And I presumed it was heading out to the right, to the Hudson, to land in the Hudson River because it was not, it, it was out of control swinging. But then it banked left and drove straight towards the big buildings down the end of uh, Fifth Avenue. It drove straight into the building. It didn't, it didn't stop, it didn't fall apart, it just drove in. It fitted, like it go, a car going into a garage, it fitted. And then a little bit of black smoke came out. And I'm standing there the whole time watching this with a camera in my hand, not filming. A little bit later, a couple of seconds, it felt like uh, minutes, but it was probably a couple of seconds later, a huge red explosion came out of the hole in the building. And that was the first aeroplane, of course, that flew into the World Trade Center. And I stood there in this my office, surrounded by all the uh, accoutrements that I love so much, my backpack and my heavy uh, bags, and waiting for the limo to pick me up, looking at my desk, my beautiful desk, out this beautiful view with this magnificent day on, in September. It's just, uh, the, the, the weather was perfect, everything was perfect, but an aeroplane had flown into a building. Then I started to see little black things fall off out of the building from the top, and that was people jumping. And then I started to hear people screaming. And then I started to hear uh, police and sirens screeching down uh, our street. And then the people in the office started to scream and faint and cry and yell out. And then the whole drama took over its own energy. But as I take you on this trip, and because you have seen some photographs of it, you start to become very present with my story. It's almost like I took you there. Just for a moment, I took you there. That's the degree to which we have to have detail of our future. Because you need to expand, be in the moment as we were just then. Expand it out, and I expanded into the past to recall a story to bring it into the present just as an example but I could equally take you into the future and expand the now into the future and tell you a story that hasn't happened yet and that story that hasn't happened yet is manifestation 
So it's easy to understand how I can tell a story about the past and people jumping and aeroplanes and rivets and standing in an office and looking out the window and where I was about to go and how I felt and what was in my hands and all these things. That's easy to tell when it's about the past because I've lived it. But many people find it really hard to tell that same story about the future because they haven't lived it yet and they haven't really uh, engaged themselves in the concept of living the future in detail. One of the things we do about the future is we create a dream board and the dream board is just pictures that help us create a story about the future similar to the one I just wrote about the past which is a dark story but create a story about the future so we in finite detail can actually tell someone the, f the infinite story about the future we, we are manifesting. And so the energy that comes through us from the universe knows what shape it needs to take because it's got a picture of it in finite detail. If you're looking for a metaphor of this, just imagine if there was no Earth. And this is a very long time ago, by the way. There was no Earth, no little ball with a moon going around it. Somehow, before this Earth got created, something, I'm not saying someone, but something must have had a picture of what it was going to look like. A vision. Now, I'm not going to humanize that vision, but what I'm going to say is the laws of the universe uh, and the presence of humanity on a ball in space, which to this point we don't know if it's the only one, that functions in the form of 144 years cycles of life to death, rebirth, that peop causes people to die, the cells of our body to die so that we value time, so that we evolve and eventually return back from whence we came. The, the magic of the story on this ball cannot have happened at random. Somebody in finite detail must have thought it through. And I think this thinking it through is the, is the model that you could use to say, wow, if something can create, if, if something somewhere took energy, thought, and caused a ball of this incredible design that we're living on, just through thought, manifest, taking a thought and then driving it down and manifesting into material. I can take a thought as long as it's formatted in the right way and manifest it into detail. There is nothing that can stop me except if I don't have the talent that I'm pretending I can manifest into detail. If I don't have a split-second reaction, there's probably a uh, low uh, likelihood that I'm going to win a samurai sword fight. Better I manifest a different outcome than that. So understanding ourselves is A, what is our talent? Uh, Chinese do this perfectly. They do DNA tests now on babies. And they say this child will never run fast and this child will be musical and this child will be, is, they, they screen kids at birth to know what their SWOT analysis is, strength, weakness, opportunities, threats. And they just save a lot of time. It's incredibly evolved thinking. If you're listening to this, podcast it's 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 likely that you're not a Chinese baby 
it's likely that you're a matured adult and you want to manifest things before you exit this planet that some of which will last longer than you and so I think understanding the process of manifestation is understanding the mastery of self because we have to take the soul we have to take the spirit we have to take the thought we have to take the mind we have to take our, our ability to visualize. We have to bring that down into goals, lower down in the brain. We have to bring that thing down into action, lower down in the brain. We have to bring that thing into gratitude, lower down in the brain. We have to bring that thing into daily habits, lower down in the brain. So what have we just done? We've mastered the whole essence of being a human being through the aspiration to manifest. And everybody, everybody on this earth wants more. It's one word that fits every human being. Some people want more peace. Some people want more simplicity. Some people want more money, more love, more sex, more. Everybody on this planet wants more. It's the one thing that drives every human being in the same way, more of something. So manifestation is the process of achieving more. It's very cool. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.